I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, everybody? Matt Kajeski here, back again with the Odd Shopper channel. Today, we're talking some college basketball. It is March 1st. Yes, March is upon us, finally. But we kick things off on a Friday night, so it is Ivy Leagues, mid-majors, and plenty of grease. Before we get started, make sure to hit that thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell so you know when this and all content goes live. We're also brought to you by BetMGM. They have a limited-time offer for those of you in legal states, with the exception of New York, Puerto Rico, and Nevada. What you'll do is click the link below, make your first deposit of at least $5, turn that around, $5 wager on any team, total, market, whatever you want. Whether it wins or loses, you get $150 in the form of bonus bets. $150 you didn't have. We have conference tournaments starting next week. March Madness coming up shortly after that. Take advantage of this. You must be 21 or older to play. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. I'm leaving this weekend, so this is going to be the last video of the week. Been preparing a lot for that. So didn't watch any hoops last night, but I can tell you we did finish 3-3. Three and three. Did five on the video that went three and two, but I added Nebraska late after the Ohio State injury news. Those cowards still couldn't find a way to cover despite getting two points and closing line value. So that's really my only takeaway. Nothing else to mention there. So let's dive in. It is a very greasy slate, as we like to call them. First one up, we have Louisiana Monroe taking on South Alabama. This one, we're looking at a total towards the over. And you can pretty much find this number everywhere, 145 and a half. When you look at this game, I think pacing does line up towards and over. So far, these teams are 205 and 160th in tempo with South Alabama being the faster team. But if you look at tempo over the last six weeks, South Alabama's jumped to 79. And you actually had Louisiana Monroe jumping to 170th. So both of these teams have made pretty sizable jumps in terms of their tempo. Offensive efficiency has gotten a little better for these two teams. Louisiana Monroe's gone from 266 up to one, or excuse me, to 216. So a slight jump there. And then we've got South Alabama. They've remained pretty consistent in terms of offense. There's no injuries in this game. Pacing lines up. Last time we saw this play do a score of 80 to 66. And with the offensive efficiency getting a little better for these two teams. I do think we see an overcoming in this spot. So pretty clear handicap, just two faster teams. One team in Louisiana Monroe that's played some better offense of late. Will back and over in this game. Next up, we head to Troy taking on Texas State. This one, we're going to look towards Troy minus three on the road. Not seeing any line movement in this one. It's been pretty consistent. The only real injuries, Troy, Jackson Fields hasn't played recently. Texas State, they haven't had Caden Gums. Both of these players, more rotational. That's especially the case with Gums for Texas State. Fields does play a, a slightly better role for this team, but at least worth mentioning the injuries. As far as these two teams go, Troy's better on both ends of the floor. These teams are built similarly in that they excel on defense, but you have advantages, Troy's direction in every single efficiency metric at least the meaningful ones, offense, 
They're over 50 spots ahead of Texas State. Defense, 20 spots ahead. Rebounding, they're almost, I mean, it's about 70 spots better. They're 79 to 155. And when you dive into some of the deeper metrics, it's not much better for Troy. Effective field goal, or excuse me, it's not much better for Texas State. Troy's 205 in effective field goal. Texas State is 331. Height stuff, that favors Troy. This team is better at shooting, especially from three. They take a lot of threes, 109th in three-point rate, 124th in three-point percentage. Texas State is outside the top 300 in both two-point percentage and three-point percentage. Rebounding favors Troy, of course. And then turnover stuff. Troy's 39th in turnovers forced. Texas State is 324th in turnovers committed. So you've got just seismic advantages Troy's direction. And then player-wise, you have six players in the top 50. EvanMia.com, sort by conference. You can see this for yourself. Texas State is two. So, I mean, we got vast advantages Troy's direction. They're on the road. But we'll back a team here. Troy did win this matchup 78-65. They were at home, but that was the score the first time they played. Next up, Ivy's. Harvard takes on Brown. And got a decent spread here, but I think... The total is where we want to look at more than anything else. 141 and a half towards the under. Another one without much movement, but you do not really have the fastest teams in this game. 186 is Harvard's tempo. Brown is 223. Over the last couple games, it's actually gotten slower for both teams. You've seen Harvard drop into the 190s, and Brown has made a pretty sizable drop there at 263 in terms of tempo over the last six weeks. So we've got two slow teams. What does offensive efficiency look like? This has also gotten a little worse for both teams. So Harvard, they dropped to 262 from the 229 you see on the screen. Brown, they've remained pretty consistent. And the effective field goal for these teams is just horrendous. Harvard is at 234. You have Brown at 192 in effective field goal percentage. Not great. As far as injuries go, Harvard's dealt with two guys. Chandler Piggy, he's 38th in the conference. He's also the second best player on offense for this team, so he's been out. And Thomas Baddies, he's been out as well. For Brown, it's basically just Felix Kloman. He's not anything worth mentioning. He's 44th in terms of efficiency ranking just player-wise in this conference. But we've got two slow teams, two teams that really struggle to shoot the ball. And then these teams aren't bad on defense. They're actually ahead in defensive efficiency compared to where they are on offense. Both teams... They have strengths. I would say both players or both teams have better guard play than anything else. That's more impactful for, you know, like a Brown who faces a Harvard team that shoots a lot of threes. Harvard is a little worse at defending the three, but Brown's also going to shoot a lot of them. Ultimately, they both kind of neutralize the strength of the opponent. So I think an under makes a lot of sense here, especially with pacing being so bad and both teams slowing considerably in recent play. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Next up, we head to Florida Gulf Coast, taken on Jacksonville. This is one where, like a dog, and Gulf Coast makes a lot of sense, in my opinion. 
As far as health goes, both these teams pretty healthy overall. You don't really have many injuries either way. So you can look right at the efficiency metrics. Jacksonville lost this game 80 to 70 the first time they were on the road. So now they return home. That's at least worth mentioning. But Gulf Coast, my goodness, they just have advantages really everywhere except defense. Right away, offensive is pretty drastic. 222 to 329. Defense, Jacksonville has a slight advantage, but that's mainly from turnovers forced. They're actually pretty weak in a lot of areas just defending opponents. They're 187 in interior defense. They are 235th in defending the perimeter. That's concerning because Florida Gulf Coast is a very good shooting team, 92nd in three-point percentage. And they're 131 in effective field goal. Jacksonville's 269. So you do have a lot of potential edges shooting-wise that Florida Gulf Coast can take advantage of. Not to mention just player personnel. You have six players in the top 50 for Gulf Coast. You have two in the top 50 for Jacksonville. That's only one player in the top 20, Robert McRae. Whereas you basically have two top 20 players on Gulf Coast and plenty that are in the top 30. So there's just a vast talent gap between these two teams leading to Gulf Coast with a plus one and a half. All right, next up, Mount St. Mary's and Canisius. This game, I think you want to shop this. Odd Shopper, the name of this channel, link is below, gives you all the tools you need to take advantage of these lines in the best places. You can sort by state, you can sort by book, you can customize this to fit whatever your preferences are. And then from there, we have tools for every single sport. We take a market-based approach, which shows you plus EV betting spots, props, NHL, whatever it is you like to play, all sports are included. And our Discord is included now too. So that's what we all use. That's what I use. We're in there giving analysis and what we're personally looking at with these tools. It's a very good educational tool. $14.95 for a week, $49.95 for a month. There's something for everybody. And I truly think you will you will like this and you will find it useful. As far as this game goes, Mount St. Mary's is a two in some spots, which I think is important here facing Canisius. Both teams are injured. So I kind of think this is a wash. Mount St. Mary's Dakota LeFew has been out. He's the 17th ranked player in this conference. They've also been without Dallas Hobbs, who's 69th. He doesn't matter. Canisius has been without CM Utendal, who is 58th in the conference. And I think you still have advantages Mount St. Mary's way. Just looking at the screen, I mean, it's basically across the board, better on offense, better on defense, better rebounding. They're a faster team. And a lot of the ancillary stuff, they do pretty well. Mount St. Mary's, they are awesome at scoring inside. 71st. Canisius is 223rd defending that area of the court. Canisius doesn't shoot well anywhere. 229th from the inside, 153 from the perimeter. They are almost 100 spots behind Mount St. Mary's in effective field goal. Rebounding favors Mount St. Mary. Height-wise, it's actually pretty close between these two teams. Mount St. Mary's forces turnovers at a way higher rate, 108th in turnovers forced. Canisius is 304th in turnovers committed. And even with the injuries, you can just go look at these teams and these players. Canisius has three players in the top 50. One of them is the injured player, MCM Utendal. And otherwise, they have TJ Gaston at 30 and Yuri Fritz at 42. There's six players in the top 50 for Mount St. Mary's. One of them is Dakota LeFew. He's 17th. But you still have Dola Adebayo, who's fourth. DeShane Monken, 33. Ron Jessamy, 38. Georgie Tinsley, 44th. And Jetty Cordia at 49. You have all these players in the top 50. Canisius does, doesn't have the bodies. It's five versus two in terms of who's healthy right now. And then just like top 10 talent, Mount St. Mary's has a player, Adebayo. 
Canisius doesn't even have a top 30 player on their team. So I think this has gone too far, even with the injuries. I know Lafue has been banged up and missing time, but I still think you have significant advantages, Mount St. Mary's. I'll take a plus two. Might behave, behoove you to wait on this. It's been moving Canisius's direction. Last one, we go to Kanipiak taking on Iona. Like an over at 149. This has been screaming down. I disagree with it. I actually thought there's some value earlier in the day, but it just keeps moving. So maybe wait on this. I think this is where it meets resistance, though, just for reference. As far as these two teams go, I'm not really sure why the under is coming in. You have two, two, two fast teams. Kanipiak, 22nd in tempo. And what is that in the last six weeks? Have they slowed? Absolutely not. They're 11th in tempo over the last six weeks. Whereas Iona, 162nd in tempo. What have they done in the last six weeks? They're 92nd. I just am not sure why the under is screaming down right now when you have two extremely fast teams that are only playing faster. All right, so what does efficiency look like? Knipiak, 194th in offensive efficiency. They've jumped to 147th. Iona is 210th. That's remained consistent. They're at 218th. But you do have one team playing better offense. Both teams playing faster. Nobody really hurt. Greg Gordon is the only guy I'm a little bit concerned about for Iona. He's 27th in this, this conference in terms of ranking. But you still have elite players on both teams. Top 10 players. Top 20 players. Iona has four players in the top 20. And you have three players in the top 20 on the Knipiak side. Effective field goal is pretty good for both of these teams. When you look along the season-long metrics for these two teams, you've actually seen growth for them as well. I, Kinnipiac is 199th in effective field goal. They've jumped to 104th. And then on the Iona side, they've made a slight jump right around the top 200, but it's still a positive step for this team. And as far as defense goes, I'm not sure we've seen the same jumps. Kinnipiac, 176 in defensive efficiency. Iona is 185. Over the last six weeks, Knipiak has dropped to 230, and Iona has dropped to 183. That's basically the same number as their season-long metric. So really, all this comes from the Knipiak stuff. Offense better, defense worse, both teams faster, both teams mostly healthy outside of Gordon. Mathematically, I'm just finding a lot of questions with this, with this coming in at 149. So we'll back in over here. That'll do it for us today. Let me know in the comments what you think. If you want picks for Saturday, Sunday, I will post them on Twitter. Just don't have time to do the video as I am traveling. But if you have questions, you can reach out on Twitter as well, at Matt underscore Kajeski. DMs are open. Until then, good luck. We'll see you guys next time.